0: Like I was aware that I was insecure in my body, I'd faced in my photos and all of that stuff, but I don't think I really knew what to do to fix it. And you know what, I thought the way I'd fix it would be to change my body. And one of my favorite things I always say is you can't hate your body into a body that you love. So it took years to have in my brain that mindset switch. And then I started to dig deeper into internal healing and realizing that I can't heal the outside of me and become the best version of myself where I feel really good and really strong if I don't heal what's going on inside of me. So that led to me doing a lot of journaling, a lot of inner healing work. And also just, I add affirmations into all my workouts now because I realize a lot of the workouts out there are very, some of them are triggering, but a lot of them are very like the, your goal is to lose inches off your waist. So I kind of, I wanted to make my workout something that it was empowering. And it was mm. like, let's celebrate the fact that we can move our bodies and get stronger.
1: Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, Callie. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited because one, we have mutual friends, but I've seen your stuff before. Like I've seen your stuff on TikTok. I've seen it on Instagram. And I love just like your Instagram name. Like I'm sweaty and I know it. And I just love like your whole brand. So I'm very excited to have you on.
0: Also, this is so random, but before my friend actually told me about you, before you guys became friends, I remember I found you, I think it was... I think it was on YouTube and I listened to your podcast like this is probably a year ago or something like it was a while ago.
1: Yeah. No, that's so funny because I saw we did have a DM before and I felt so bad that I didn't answer it because Wait, yes, I DM'd you when I lived in Miami. Yes. That's and so- I feel so bad because I just DM'd you yesterday, and I was like, oh, I was like, I can't believe I didn't answer this. Like, I think during that time, I like wasn't looking really through my DMs as often, no, or and like I was just like, oh my god, I hate that I didn't answer that. But I wish that you still lived here so we could I know, like hang out. I know.
0: Well, I'm not that far away. I'm like two hours. Yeah.
1: So no. True. I'll be back. True. So I want to talk a lot about one, just your like experience starting your business, but I want to first talk about what you were doing before that. So like, were you someone that was always active? Were you someone that was always like, interested in health and wellness and fitness? Or where did your wellness slash health journey begin?
0: Okay. So I actually grew up being a competitive figure skater for my entire life. So ever since I was two years old, I've been really into just overall activity. I lived in Canada for a while. I was two when I moved to Canada. So we'd be outside all the time. I'd be biking, hiking, skating, all that stuff. So I've always loved, loved, loved movement, but it was when I started skating competitively when I was eight years old, I started also doing a lot of, it was called off ice training. So, for off ice training, it's a lot of plyometric movements, a lot of jumping, lifting kind of stuff. So, that was my typical just workout regime. But when I was, I think it was like 15-ish, I was starting to go through all my growth spurts and I was having issues with, I had, it's called osgood Slaughter. I still have bumps in my knees actually from it, but now it's turning into chronic tendinitis in my knees. So when I was skating and doing all these really intense, high impact workouts, I started having these really just awful, awful injuries. And my doctors were like, you have to stop. So my mom actually found, I don't know, have you heard of Pure Bar? Yeah. Yeah. So- Pure bar. When I was 15 years old, I wasn't even old enough to do the class. They had to like do some sort of special sign off for it. You can't
1: be 15 and do
0: pure bar. At the time, I think it was 16 was the minimum age.
1: That's so crazy to me that there's like an age limit for that. I mean, I know that you probably shouldn't be like 10, but like that's so wild to me that you can't be like a teenager. And I do know.
0: It. Yeah, I was super young, but I ended up doing pure bar. I loved it. I fell in love with it, and I would do pure bar. I would skate. And as I was getting better, I started to re-add in the hit training, the plyometrics, all that stuff. And then it was when I was 19, I was in college. So I went to the University of Miami and that's why I was in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was really, I was kind of in a toxic cycle with fitness. And I struggled a lot with my relationship with my body, especially when I was a skater, because I like totally left out an entire chunk of the story. But when I was a junior in high school. It actually took a step away from skating and it led to some weight gain. I was also going through puberty at the time and I got some comments from my coaches about, oh, if you want to compete again, you have to lose weight. And so it kind of just led me into this cycle of restriction, having a really negative body image and doing workouts way too often, doing workouts that I didn't enjoy because I thought it was the only way. So I was in a kind of a weird place with my body. And then I went to school in Miami and that was pretty tough because I was coming at the time I was living in Pittsburgh and everyone at my school just looked like picture perfect. Yeah. So it was a lot of social pressure and also everyone's in a bikini like year round here. So I definitely battled body image for most of college, but When I was 19, I decided I was living near Piroir and I was like, hey, like, I really want to do some sort of job in fitness. I worked in a acai shop when I was a freshman in college. I always have loved working. And so I got certified to be an instructor when I was 19 and then started my pure bar journey teaching there. I was actually the worst instructor ever for like three months. I literally, the owner of the studio, the, it was like one of my first classes. Afterwards, she sat me down she's like, so how did you think you did? And I was like, I think I'm improving. And she was like, that was a hot mess. Wait, okay, what makes it bad? Okay. I didn't know this going into it, but there's like a million things you have to be thinking about while you're teaching. So for me, when teaching bar, especially you're counting to the beat of the songs and you have to change the exercises really, really quickly because there's so many quick changes. Every four, eight counts you're changing. You're also having to help clients make modifications, fix their form. So I just, I was having a hard time memorizing the choreography. I was having a hard time like fitting everything in the four, eight counts. And doing all the modifications. And so I was, I was struggling, but it took three months and then it clicked. And then I was like, okay, we're good. But that was a process. And then from there, I got certified to teach Pilates. It was 2020 and then everything went online. And so I also, I left another chunk of the story. I'm sweating and I Know It was initially a blog and I started that in college. So.
1: Okay. Was that while you were battling like body image issues or is that, did you kind of start that as like a creative outlet or a way for you to heal or what was the reasoning behind starting that?
0: So when I was teaching at Pier Bar, that was the first time I ever had been introduced to, oh, people don't just work out to lose weight because I had clients who'd go in there and be like, if I don't have this workout, my mental health is just, it's shot. Like this workout helps me so, so much. And that was kind of the first time I was introduced to, okay, there's other results aside from just physical results. And when I started, I'm sweating and I Know It, I definitely was still struggling a lot with body image, but it was just, I've always loved to write. I love fitness, I love wellness. And so I just started this creative outlet And I'd always wanted to be a blogger, and so I started in 2019. I had the name after I took a cycling class, and I was (laughs) listening to LMFAO's song, like "Sexy and I Know It," and I was like, "I'm sweaty and I know it. That's perfect." So I started the blog, and then when everything went online is when I started teaching my own workouts on Instagram for "I'm Sweaty and I Know It," and I started a TikTok and posting workouts on there, and yeah, and they just led into where it is today. So that's
1: amazing, though, that it started. One, just because so many people in the fitness industry, I think, have dealt with body image issues. They come to the fitness industry at first, I think, with the goal of like losing weight and looking better, quote unquote, and they're unhappy with the way they look or they feel pressure like you. And then it evolves as you stay in it and hopefully develop like healthier habits. Like It evolves into actually being for the mental health benefits for like feeling better, not about the way that you look necessarily which seemed to have happened with you which I think is mm-hmm. great but I want to kind of go back to like your body image issues in college and before that were you someone that you kind of in the moment recognized that you were like speaking negatively towards yourself did you acknowledge that and like realize you needed to get better or you thought this is just the way like everyone is and I go to the University of Miami and everyone's in bikinis and all of that mm-hmm. stuff and like that's just the way it is So like what's your kind of like mental process and like your thoughts when you were thinking those like negative thoughts?
0: I think for a while, I just thought it was normal. And especially when I was in high school and college, like I was aware that I was insecure in my body. I'd faced in my photos and all of that stuff, but I don't think I really knew what to do to fix it. And you know, I thought the way I'd fix it would be to change my body. Yeah. And one of my favorite things I always say is you can't hate your body into a body that you love. So it took years to have in my brain that mindset switch. And then I started to dig deeper into internal healing and realizing that I can't heal the outside of me and become the best version of myself where I feel really good and really strong if I don't heal what's going on inside of me. So that led to me doing a lot of journaling, a lot of inner healing work. And also just I add affirmations into all my workouts now because I realize a lot of the workouts out there are very some of them are triggering, but a lot of them are very like your goal is to lose inches off your waist. So I kind of, I wanted to make my workout something that it was empowering. And it was Mm -hmm. like, let's celebrate the fact that we can move our bodies and get stronger.
1: Yeah, I actually talked about this in a previous podcast, but in the beginning when I started working out, I definitely worked out one, not to lose weight because I always was very tiny. As like Mm -hmm. a kid, I didn't have any curves. I was like super, super small. People would think I was like so much younger than I am. And even still today, like that happens all the time. And like, I'm not like a curvy person or anything like that but I was so insecure about that. And I was so insecure because other girls had like a butt and boobs and like hips. And I was just like, so tiny and narrow. And so I wanted to start going to the gym because I was like, I want to like, you know, look fit and like, look like I have something on me and not like a little 10 year old boy. Like that's just how I felt. And then the more I started like going to the gym, I realized like, like your clients I'm like no this is good for my mental health this makes me feel so much better and I became like addicted to that feeling and so now when I work out I don't do like super intense workouts I'm not someone who like has like a strict workout routine where it's like I have to do this five times a week it's like I really listen to my body and I'm like I feel good like I want to work out I want to do this this is what is going to make me feel good or Maybe taking a walk is gonna make me feel good, not working out, or taking a rest day is gonna make me feel good. And like I really, really listen to my body, but that has taken years of me doing so many things that I hate because I think it's gonna work. Yeah. And like, like for example, when Soul Cycle was really popular, I was like, okay, I guess I need to start cycling. Like, I guess that's what that's what I need to do. That's what people are doing. I would go to Soul Cycle, I would go to like cycle bar, I'd go to all these cycling classes. And like in the beginning I thought they were fine. Like I did like them. Mm-hmm. But after a while I was like, i hate these workout classes like why am i still doing these like i'm spending so much money i don't like these and so now i've just like figured out what works for me and like i don't care what's popular i don't care what's trending i'm like i listen to what my body likes to do and i feel so much better and like yeah you end up like getting stronger and seeing physical results but that isn't like my driver anymore and i think it's so important Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
0: I think I am recently have been learning it's okay to push yourself, but mm-hmm. it all comes down to are you pushing yourself because you don't like yourself, or are you pushing yourself because you want to Elevate yourself and tap into your potential. Yeah. So that's something I also have been realizing is okay, it's okay. Like, if I have a day where I feel low energy and I need to take a walk, but if I have a day where I feel high energy, I cycle sync my workouts. So I like really am in tune with my hormone levels and stuff. So I, if I'm in my, it's called the follicular phase where I'm like super high energy, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm going to push myself and go running and see how far I can run. So that's something I'm learning. It all comes down to what is the
1: intention behind what you're doing. I love that. And I wanna talk about like the cycle sinking as well. But before that, you mentioned how you don't want to push yourself because you hate yourself. You know, you want to push yourself to see your potential. How do you get to that point though? Because it's like so many women specifically. I mean men too, but a lot of women deal with hating themselves or maybe not hating themselves, but not liking their body and being so unhappy and always thinking, Oh, if I could just lose like 15 pounds, then I'll be happy. If Mm. I could if I could look like that girl on Instagram, then I'll be happy. And that happiness never comes because you're never going to be happy based on how you look. But how do you get out of that like headspace? It's
0: definitely a process. Like I still have days where I'm like struggling with body image. But I think the biggest thing is when those days happen, when the body image issues are coming up, looking at, okay, what triggered this and why did this trigger this Mm -hmm. to come up? So for me, a big trigger is if I'm on TikTok and I'm scrolling, for some reason, It just is comparison overload. And I just start to feel like I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. All those feelings come up. And so I've identified, okay, this is the trigger. And I have to be disciplined with myself for TikTok. I'm like, obviously I post on TikTok. So I have to be on TikTok sometimes. But like giving myself that hard limit of if I feel myself starting to scroll, no, I have to stop protect myself here. But then it's diving even deeper. Why is that making me feel the way I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite ways is to just journal about it and really dig deep as and asking yourself, okay, if it's maybe a girl in a bikini, why did that video of that girl in a bikini make me feel so bad about my body? And it's probably a lie in our heads. I mean, a lot of the times it's the lies of I'm not enough or my body isn't good enough. And it's Proving those lies wrong, proving those lies, like showing the lies, like when have I ever not been enough? Mm -hmm. Like I am enough and my body is here. It's working, it's functioning. It's so strong and healthy. And it's just like disproving the lies that are coming up. I think that's the very first step to take. And then just one of my favorite exercises ever is if there's a part of the body that you're insecure about, put your hand on that part of the body and look in a mirror and say, I love, if it's your stomach, I love my stomach. And at first you may not believe it, but every day just keep saying it and just starting to speak out loud. Like, I love this part of my body and changing the narrative and it'll start to change how you feel about yourself, too.
1: I love what you said about how you also have to look at why it triggers you, because I think so many times we get advice of like, just unfollow the person, mute the person, like stop scrolling on Instagram, which I think is great advice to start like you said like if you catch yourself on tiktok and you start feeling insecure like you're gonna stop scrolling you know and you have to be disciplined to do that but i think that if you just stop right there and you don't ask yourself like why are those things triggering me there are going to be triggers anywhere like you can find a trigger Mm -hmm. with someone walking down the street and that doesn't mean that you should then not like walk and look at people or like you might find triggers if you're going to the beach and you see people in bikinis And you see them and like, that's, you shouldn't not go to the beach because of that, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that's when you need to actually like look at why it's triggering you. And so, I mean, it's different for everyone and everyone has different, you know, like traumas. Everyone has different life experiences and things that shape them and shape their thoughts. But identifying that it is a lie being told to you is so true because Mm. I mean, I can't tell like all the time with, with me, I've seen it with my friends. Whenever we get in these spirals of like, oh, I hate the way like my stomach looks or like, oh, I hate the way like my skin looks. It's like we become obsessed with tearing ourselves down. And because we're constantly saying it, even though it's not true, we start believing it. You know, yeah. like w- if you're always saying, I hate this about myself or my my butt is like to this or my like stomach isn't as tiny as I want it to be or as flat as I want it to be, you're going to start believing it. So, like, even mm. if it sounds silly to say, I love my stomach, I love my arms, I love my skin, whatever, like you said, you're going to start believing it, just like you believe the lies that are, like, constantly yeah, being fed exactly. to you or you constantly, like, you're telling them to yourself. So, I think that's really important because so, so many girls deal with that and social media exasperates it, definitely. But I think there's needs to be like a lot of internal work, not just like don't go on social media.
0: Absolutely. Because like you said, it's only going to come at you in a different way. Yeah. And it might come at you in an even bigger way.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's why I think it's really important with any just inner work is getting to the root of everything. And I, when I've journaled, I've gotten, gotten deep. I'm like, okay, this insecurity didn't start last year. It started when I was like 10 years old. It's been, it's been processing. So <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really cool. Journaling gives a lot of clarity. And I mean, also, if anyone listening is not a huge journal or they want to write, voice notes are my oh. favorite. Just voice noting, recording yourself talking and just talking about it. Like when I was going through a breakup one year, I did that all the time. I was just like voice noting my feels. I'd be like crying.
1: Oh my gosh, I should do that. I'm a big journaler. So I do like write everything out. But mm. I love the voice note idea. Because yeah. then you can like look back in the future and like even hear the way you oh sounded. It's
0: it and, crazy.
1: Yeah, I would love to do that. I'm gonna start doing that.
0: <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and like with the journals, do you follow like specific prompts? Do you have resources that you like turn to, or it's really just what you're feeling in the moment?
0: I used to. I think I'd like to look up some prompts, but now I have actually been journaling in a long time, so it's kind of funny I'm talking about journaling. But I did journal when I was really going through just inner healing stuff. Is I would write down okay I'd start with the first question is okay what is bothering me or what is causing this feeling and then I'd like I'd write down that question and then I'd write the answer and then I'd dig even deeper why is this triggering me so I'd, I'd almost pretending that you're your own therapist I was gonna say like
1: <laughs> act like a therapist for yourself but yeah but for yourself and answer those questions because yeah. That's at the end of the day, like everything has a root cause, and usually a root cause might be the root cause for a lot of issues and a lot Mm. of like trauma that you might hold. So, I think that that's like so smart. It's just like constantly being like, but why? But like, when did this start? (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. I want to talk now about cycle syncing because you. So jumping from inner healing, journaling to now something else that you mentioned. I have heard so many things about cycle syncing. I have no idea though how to actually implement it, and like I'm like, does it actually work? It's one of those things that's like, I am kind of like a skeptic. Like, I'm, yeah. So I want you to, so. yeah, I want you to explain to me how you first got into it, and like, have you noticed a difference? And all go through like the four cycles, and like what each one, like what workouts you should be doing in each one.
0: Yeah. So just to make it super super simplified, because I know there's so much information out there about it. All it is is essentially working with your energy and hormone levels, that's it. So whether that be how you're living your day-to-day, whether Mm -hmm. that be how you're working out, whether that be foods you're eating, it's all about being super intuitive with your body. Now, there are guidelines for it. So just to break it down, what even is cycle syncing? So you have, as women, we have four different phases. And this does change if, um, let's say you're on hormonal birth control because hormonal birth control does stop your ovulation. Mm-hmm. So it will adjust the phases a little bit. But aside from hormonal birth control, we have four phases. The first phase is the menstrual phase, which is when you period, first and last day of the period. This phase, low energy. And <laughs> I mean, everyone knows yeah. like it's rest time. like Take it easy. Slowing down is really important. Next phase is follicular phase. This is when your body's starting to prepare itself for ovulation. So ovulation is when your body releases the egg, This is the fertile window when you can get pregnant. So your body's going to start to feel an energy increase as your estrogen levels are also increasing. And then you have your ovulatory phase, which is, I think it's like two days long. It's, it's every single phase is very different by the person. There's an estimation for each, but the ovulation is the shortest window it's when your body releases the egg, you're still feeling really high energy. Honestly, for me, follicular phase, ovulatory, feel the exact same. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like a little cramp if I have, when I feel my body ovulating.
1: Really? Yeah. So you can already like feel it in your body. Like the like you don't even have to like look at a calendar to see like what phase you're in. You can kind of just feel it. I can feel it
0: now. I've been doing this for like three years. So okay. I've gotten very intuitive with it. But that's the one thing that's so cool because I didn't, this is a really random fun fact, but every month the egg Switches sides. So I did not know that. Yeah, so one side, one month I'll feel like a little cramp on my left side. And then the next month it's like on my right side. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so cool. And then but after that is the luteal phase. And this is, I divide this phase into two parts. So the first part, you're starting to feel your hormones slowly decreasing, but you're still high energy, right? Because you just had your ovulation. So as it's decreasing, you're going to slowly feel your energy drop. And I don't know, have you ever noticed like the week before your period, you're like so just... Yes, not,
1: not feeling great. Oh yeah, no. The week <laughs> before my period, I notice I get acne. That's mm-hmm. when I break out. Same. I feel <laughs> yeah. I feel so like I can tell I'm about to get my period a week before because my lower back starts hurting. Yeah, my joints kind of start hurting. I feel so tired. I'm like I just want to lay in bed all day. Like I don't want to do anything. And then my period comes, and I'm like. I knew it because the second my lower back hurts, that's like my first. That's me all day today. My lower back on the drive down was like aching. Yes, no, it's like you feel like you're getting sick or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, definitely. That's how I feel always the week before my period. I feel like I need to do nothing.
0: I also get in my head,
1: like I'm very
0: overthinking.
1: I get so negative like yes. I start telling myself I'm like oh my god like I get stressed I'm like the company's gonna fail this is gonna happen <laughs> I'm like what am I doing like and then the week after my period it's like the exact opposite I'm like I'm full of ideas I'm so yes. like oh my god like look at what I just did I'm so proud of myself I'm gonna be so consistent on this this and that like I, I'm i like on top of the world yeah. and it's so noticeable and I'll say like the week before my period when I start like talking to myself negatively I'm like Natalie it's the week before your period that's why you're saying these things and I can like talk myself out of it because I know that it's just that time yeah. of month but the week after I like really embrace it and I'm like okay I want to be in like brainstorm mode like yeah let me like read a lot of social books. mode yeah.
0: ideas galore yeah
1: I'm like I need to read a ton of books so I can generate new ideas and then act on them and like all this <laughs> stuff and then the week before it's like slump
0: yeah you're super in tune with your cycle because that's how it is I mean Okay, so with the lifestyle phase, like the way you can live your different lifestyle, is there's an entire book on for especially for entrepreneurs It's awesome because we can kind of decide what we're gonna do each of the different weeks. Like for me, I realized I was launching, I launched monthly programs every first of the month, so I was procrastinating and I was making the final week my launch week, and that was the week I was in my the second half of my luteal phase or before my period, and I was like trying to force myself to create. But I was feeling that like doubt, self doubt, and I was just like overthinking everything. I felt bloated and gross. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to like feel a workout right now. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, I just need to restructure my entire month so I create this in the follicular phase when I'm like right after the period. I'm like, Yes, we're feeling good. Yeah. So that's what's also super cool about cycle syncing is you can basically plan big events in your life around your cycle, especially if you're working for yourself so that you basically, your business is going to flow a lot better with less resistance and less burnout as well. Which That's is super incredible. Cool. Have
1: you noticed a difference since you've been doing that? Oh my
0: gosh, so much. It's yeah. so much better just for my mental health in general. And also like I was pushing myself so hard right before my period. And I realized it was just leading to me feeling so much burnout because I was trying to push myself to work more than my energy I had of energy. And it was like that you can't give from an empty cup kind of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. And then also just going back to cycle syncing, like explaining it a little bit more. So in terms of like workouts and stuff, typically in your period is when you should be doing just slower paced workouts. If you are a gym girly and you love to lift, basically it's recommended to just If instead of increasing the weight during that week, either keep the same weight you're currently lifting or go a little bit lighter as to not overexert the body. And over exercise is also really important to be mindful of too because it can lead to more inflammation and stress. So keeping workouts around 30 minutes or less is pretty important during that phase. During the week before your period? During the period, but also oh, period. I apply that to like the week before my period. Yeah. That's what I mean, it's very intuitive. It's because every woman is just so different. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I feel honestly so exhausted the week before and then I get my period the first day is kind of like, I feel still really tired, but then leading on, I'm like, energy starting to increase during my period. So then I'll like start to push myself a little bit with more intense or not intense but like longer workouts or more dynamic workouts so yeah that's kind of the way because I know there's so much out there that's like you have to do these specific workouts during each of these different phases but into the day like I think add a little bit more cardio during the follicular ovulatory phase when I feel more energized on top of my consistent I do Pilates all the time so on top of my Pilates but then during the times of when I'm feeling lower energy, just
1: slowing down is so key and just not adding as much resistance. Yeah. And do you do Pilates? Cause I know you're a Pilates girl. Do you do Pilates throughout your entire cycle? And then you'll like change the Pilates workout, like maybe make one more like intense the week after your period, or you just like add something else. Like you'll do Pilates and then you'll run or you'll do Pilates and then you'll go to the gym or like, what's your workout routine?
0: So, typically, I walk every single day because I have dogs. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, How long long long. do you walk? Like, what's a good... Like, 30 minutes to an hour. Like, it depends. If I feel... Like I have a lot of energy and it also depends on how much time I have too. Because if I don't have a lot of time in the day, it's like 30 minutes capped. But I'll try to walk most days and just go outside. But if I am feeling like spicy and energized, I will go on a run. So I'll do a run and then I also do Pilates pretty much every day. But then within Pilates, there's so many different types of Pilates. So, okay. So during the luteal phase, it's really good to do resistance training. So I have a reformer at home. So I'll do reformer Pilates. You open at home. That's so nice. It's a foldable one. It's like like so amazing.
1: I need to get one because I'm obsessed with Reformer Pilates. You should
0: get one. It's such a good investment, especially Mm -hmm. if you love Reformer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to get one. I have a Peloton. And like I said, I don't like cycling anymore. So (laughs) I never use that thing. So I'm trying to sell it. (laughs) So if anyone wants one, <laughs> but I would totally rather have like a reformer.
0: I'm also, little spoiler, I'm recording reformer workouts for my studio. So that would be amazing. If you have a reformer at home, you can do reformer workouts.
1: But someone needs to create, like if this isn't already existing, like a Pilates reformer workout like peloton though i
0: think there is one okay there I is i Looking don't know what it's screen called. and there's like instructors yeah. so
1: instead of going to like solid core tremble or like any classes like that you can do it at home
0: i feel like that i think there is a couple but i don't think they've popped off yet but i i know what you mean because i thought about it too i was like that'd be so you should start that. <laughs> honestly i would love that because i feel like there's i'm so picky with my reformer and i'm there's things, even on my own, I'm like, I wish this was a little
1: different. Yeah, like wish- start your own reformer, and then <laughs> with, at first you can start like with the app, just like with your app, just like they can use their phone and like then mm-hmm. to buy your reformer to do like the certain moves. Yeah, I love this idea. That's mm-hmm. actually a really good idea. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. In a year when she has that, yeah. Year I just, to year remember, first. <laughs> just remember
0: when Natalie told me the the, the winning idea. <laughs> but yeah. And then aside from reformer pilates, if I don't do reformer, I'll add I have you know like the fabric booty bands um yeah they're like really thick they have like, it's like 30 pounds of resistance or something like they're oh, very very like yes. a lot of resistance I'll do those ankle weights weights with my Pilates and then during the time when I'm feeling like more low energy I'll either do a really chill reformer workout or I'll do just I'll either do ankle weights on my ankles or no equipment with just mat Pilates. I also have cardio
1: Pilates, too, that I'll do sometimes. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a huge Pilates girl as well. I love Pilates. It's probably in the past, like, six months to a year. I've been pretty much, like, exclusively doing it. Mm, Um, I I used to do it. Yeah, I started in COVID. So I started doing Pilates in COVID. And then now I, like, canceled my gym membership. Like, I only do Pilates now, pretty much. And it just makes me feel so much better. Like yeah. it actually, it just makes me feel so much stronger. Like I feel so in tune with my body. Cause yeah. I think you can kind of like make it your own in a way. And I feel like when I was lifting more, I felt more like stressed. And I think mm-hmm. it is because it like raises your cortisol yeah, levels. Totally. And not to say lifting's bad. I think lifting is great. But and at this point in my life, when I think my outside environment is so stressful, like my work and, and like so many other things in my life, have a lot of stress in them I kind of want my workouts to be just like a relaxing moment for me and not also high stress
0: Pilates is the actual concept of Pilates this guy Joseph Pilates made it he actually built it around mindfulness because breathing is a just core value and foundation of the entire workout so That's what's super cool about Pilates if no one really knew that. I recently learned that and I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. Because like if you take a Pilates class, you're going to notice the instructor has so many breath cues, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're exhaling on the more intense part of the move, inhaling, where I find when I was doing other workouts, I was holding my breath for most of the class without even realizing it.
1: Yeah, No. Those same. And so you started during COVID, your workout classes. Mm-hmm. How do you market it? Like, how did you get your first clients? When did you realize that this could be an actual business? Like instead of just going like live on Instagram during COVID, you know? Like, how did you realize this could be a business and how did you grow it and scale it?
0: Okay. I'm sure you've experienced like, I when you're an entrepreneur, you totally got it. It was like the first few years I was making like nothing from it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was. I remember my very first launch, I made a guide in like one day. I did not even know you're supposed to have an entire launch process when you yeah. launch something. I launched it the same day and I was expecting like orders just come through. I think I sold like three things. Yeah. And I was just like, how is this going to ever be a business? Like I can't sell things. Like what is I, it? was what is wrong with me? Like why me? That was, that was the constant internal battle. And so it was, this was in 2020 at this time. So basically I said, I'd started, I was teaching at two studios at the time. And I was also dabbling with my YouTube channel. I was posting workouts on YouTube, on TikTok, and I'd had my Instagram for my blog. It was like hundred followers. It was tiny. So I started posting on TikTok and all of a sudden my workout videos start blowing up. And I'm gaining followers very quickly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what do I even do with this? Like, I was not even used to whatever was going on on my social media. Started getting people to follow me on Instagram. I started growing this online community. And I was like, this is awesome. I was offering a ton of free stuff, though. So that's when I had the launch. I was, like, shocked that no one bought anything. Because I was like, I have this whole community, but no one got my product. Like, I don't understand. So this is in, this is, like, 2020. I was graduating college in 2021 and at this time I was still just primarily just building my social medias. I still had the YouTube channel. I hadn't even, I was honestly really, really afraid to start something that was a paid subscription because I was so afraid of failing.
1: Yeah. It's scary because once you have like numbers associated to it and you're mm-hmm. like, my business grew this much each month or my subscribers like I've grown this much each month, you can also see when it declines and you can see like it's it's scary because it's like oh gosh like if it starts declining then like what's wrong how do I get them back like it's Mm. it's so much scarier when you have those numbers associated with it and like analytics even though you obviously have to to run a business it's hard to like get yourself to like not feel like very nervous and yeah. scared.
0: And I think too, what I've realized is because it's been a constant battle of like, this is what it is. Having a business It's going to have its waves. It goes up, it goes down, yep. it goes up, it goes down. I've learned to not put my identity in my business. And that's been a game changer. My worth as a person, as Is me does not depend on how many followers I have, how many sales I'm making a month. That does not mean that I'm a better or worse person. And that has been extremely, extremely valuable for my mental sanity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then it was 2021. I was graduating college and I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to be one. And I got a job in public relations in Miami. And I was like, okay, this is great. This sound, this sounds cool enough. Like, I'm gonna do it. The team seems awesome. So I started this job, and I'm gonna be totally honest, I did not like it. It did not mm-hmm. click with me. I described it as soul sucking. <laughs> I love my team. I still love I call them my team. I still I loved my team so much. And they were amazing people, but the actual work itself was just not made for me. I was not mm-hmm. aligned with who I am. And Basically, I finally got over my fear. I started building my online studio called Sway Studio. And I remember I'd be working at least 12 hours every single day. I was barely eating food. I was so busy. I was extremely anxious all the time. It was a really, really, really rough patch of my life. But eventually I grew it and I was able to launch it. And I had a launch plan. For once. Yeah, good. <laughs> You're learning, you know. I learned. I was like, you know, my entrepreneur friend recommended a book to me and I read the book and I was like, oh my what gosh, book? it's launched by Jeff Walker. Okay.
1: I like to get like, uh have the specifics. So. Oh, it's
0: like everyone who wants to be an entrepreneur should read this book. It's like a game changer for especially online business. Yeah. But I- I did the launch process and I remember it was on New Year's. I joke because during this phase of my life, I was like in party mode. <laughs> I was so drunk when I launched the studio. Wait, I literally that entire night was horrible because I was so Were you like on the website, like okay. I let's was like, upload. I, I was like on so I, like, I literally was so drunk. And I remember the next day I wake up. I'm in bed. I have this raging headache of my life. I, I feel like I'm going to, to throw up. And I opened my phone, like the light on my phone is like killing me. It's so bright. And I go to my email and I was just scrolling and scrolling. And I was like, oh my gosh, this launch actually was like huge. And it was the first time I had a spark of hope. And I was like, wait, I could be an entrepreneur. Like
1: this could actually be my full-time job. That's so funny that you were drunk when it launched. But and my you're God. like hungover being like, did I like dream? Like do <laughs> no, I remember but that this was,
0: correctly? It was, I was a mess. That's so funny. Like, this time of my life was so unique,
1: but... (laughs) Speaking of that also, because you made a... It's just funny that you were drunk when you were doing this, and you're in, like, a health and wellness space, obviously. (laughs) So I am not someone... Like, I don't drink that often, but I definitely do, like, drink, and I'll go out with my friends every now and then. And I feel like a lot of people in the health and wellness space, obviously, they don't, like, promote drinking or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't promote it necessarily. But... Do you find that that's sometimes, like, unrelatable? Like, I'm not saying people, like, if you don't drink, obviously don't promote like, it. Like, imposter but syndrome, kind, kind of. of. feeling like, okay, I'm a health and wellness person. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this, or I shouldn't. Like, maybe if you want one day to go to, like, a fast food restaurant and get, like, a really unhealthy meal, mm. like, do you feel kind of like, ooh, this is my image online, though, and I shouldn't be doing this? Or no, you're like, that's just... That's who I am. Like this is me as a person.
0: Okay. So I love that you asked this because this was actually a pivotal moment of my entire just business in general. So twenty twenty one fall, I had a really bad breakup of it was like four years or something. And I was also starting this new job. I also had gotten a dog. I moved to a new apartment. I just graduated college. I was an actual mess. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out my life. So, anyways. (laughs) I end up going in this just party spiral. I also developed an eating disorder during this time. It was a really rough time in my life. And I was partying most nights. I was not sleeping enough. I was extremely sleep deprived. I wasn't giving myself enough fuel every day. And I remember feeling so much imposter syndrome because like you said, it's my image online is I'm supposed to be this health and wellness girl. And yet I don't even have any health or wellness in my actual life. And so I remember it was one day I just was on TikTok and it was during the that girl era and I was was just gonna say it reminds (laughs) me
1: of like that girl or the Mm -hmm. clean girl or whatever yeah
0: I remember I was scrolling and I was just like so annoyed because I was just like this is not like realistic yeah I mean I was waking up super hungover I'd get ready in five minutes for my job I'd open my computer still have like mascara smeared down my face and I was like this is I feel like I'm not the only one who feels like this trend is just, it just is making me feel horrible about my life. And like, yeah. And so I decided to basically show online how I was actually living. And I started making, calling it balance that girl. And I would show, okay, it's okay. If you go out with your friends, it's okay. If you go and eat, a massive slice of cake, it doesn't mean you're not going to hit your goals. It doesn't mean you're not a healthy person. Like it's all about finding that version of balance in your own life. And so I would just show normality. I'd show myself eating goldfish. And this is also, I really started to do this when I was working on starting to heal my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. So I was working on finding food freedom a lot and during this phase is when I was I was allowing myself to basically eat whatever I wanted to and I was working on not feeling guilty for it. So yeah. I think me posting that it's okay to do this even though maybe at the time I was still struggling a little bit with it, it allowed me so much healing because I was putting out there like this is okay. Like I am still A fitness instructor it does not devalidate me whatsoever that I'm going to go out with my friends and have fun in Miami and I think that was when I really had this pivotal moment of people seeing that I was just this normal person online and it was very relatable wellness yeah and I think that that's
1: like so refreshing because like you said especially with TikTok like I feel like with TikTok you're seeing 60 second or less 10 seconds sometimes clips of someone's routine or someone's Mm -hmm. life, and anyone can make their life look polished in 60 seconds, you know? And like, I mean, right now, maybe this background looks normal and nice. This room is a mess right now. You know what I'm saying? Or my morning routine, like taking like a one second clip of like a little small portion of my life and like making it look good with like nice music in the background. Mm -hmm. Like anyone can do that, but that's not real. Like that's real life is messiness. It's, you know, making mistakes. It's making like sometimes not doing the best like we're picking the best choice or it's wanting to just eat whatever you want and like that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that you know and so I think that so often on social media with these trends it can be like really damaging because you think that oh gosh that girl looks perfect that girl's life looks perfect and she's not doing that or like like you said I'm a fitness instructor I'm a wellness coach whatever like I need to you know be a certain way And you don't because no one is like that. And that's like Mm -hmm. one aspect of your life, but that's not like your entire identity. That's not your whole life. It's really freeing to have a realization, Mm -hmm. I will say.
0: And like even still as I've healed and as I've definitely incorporated more, I guess I'd say just nutritious foods back into my lifestyle again I actually I actually don't drink anymore I stopped drinking last April just because I realized I didn't like who yeah. was making me be but not saying there's anything wrong with drinking at all but like even still like as I've incorporated different habits into my life I joke now that I'm a grandma I yeah. live have a very grandma lifestyle up in Stuart, Florida <laughs> coastal so- grandma but I've really realized that I've just kept the same mentality of I can still go and maybe eat not the "quote unquote" perfect balanced meal ever, but it doesn't mean that I'm not still that healthy person or that I'm st- like I'm still going to attain my goals. and I don't have to give up on my journey just because I right. had one meal that wasn't, I guess, perfection by dietary book. Because like, yeah, eating a bowl of ice cream is. Healthy in other ways. It can be fun for your mind. It can be
1: that little kick of dopamine that maybe you just need to like celebrate like something exciting in your life. Mm -hmm. It's like my like daily cup of coffee. I don't know the health benefits or pros or cons of like coffee. And I really choose like I don't care because I'm gonna drink it no matter what. (laughs) But it's like I look forward to that. Like that is my treat. Like that is when I go to bed, like when I'm done with my daily coffee, because I usually have two cups a day. When I'm done with my second cup, i am like sad i'm like me i'm like now i have to wait till tomorrow
0: same i i make pour over coffee and it's like the actual process of making it so satisfying yeah and then i drink it and i'm like i hit the bottom and i'm just like it's like sad you're sad i'm
1: like i'll I'll try to time it too where my first one is like at like 10 a.m and then my second one will be at like 2 (laughs) p.m and i'm like perfect if my first one starts at like 12 then it's like I don't have enough time to have a second one really. Yeah. And
0: so I'm like, dang it. Like <laughs> if it hits like 4 PM. I'm like, Oh yeah. shoot.
1: I missed a cutoff. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I'm like, I plan my days around like my happy, like the coffee time. Like it's so bad. <laughs> but like I mental like it's health. So, I feel like it so deeply.
0: It does. It does. Like life isn't meant to always just be so rigid and just so, I don't know the word I thought of is like cardboard. Like yeah. not Like things aren't exciting. Like, it's okay to, like, treat yourself and enjoy life. Like, that's so important in so yeah. many other ways.
1: Yeah. No, and for me, like, if I really want, you know, like, if I'm, like, staying up late or something and I want to Uber Eats, like, Taco Bell, like, that makes me so happy. Like I am Like, <laughs> I love that. Like, that's, like, a joy for me. And I'm not going to, like, not do that just because <laughs> it's, like, not good for you. Right
0: before this, I went to Pura and I got the massive
1: chocolate chip cookie. And Yum. I was, like... This this is living. (laughs) Yep. Oh yeah. Right there in this messy office, I have an open like almond cake that I got from a bakery. Like, (laughs) like, it's so good. And I'm like, it's like my treat as I'm working. Like I'm just like eating this cake throughout the day. Happy
0: dance when you eat your dessert because I like
1: find myself. I hum. (laughs) I hum. I'm like. like, I sway. I'm like. "Mm." No, you know it's a good meal if I'm like humming. And like my family always would say that they're like Natalie's humming. She like likes her food. (laughs) Um, Happy. Yes. No, it's, that's definitely what I do. (laughs) But no, I love that. I think it's just like important to like get to that point. Mm -hmm. And I always like whoever's listening, like I hope that everyone gets to that point where it's like what you eat, what you look like, what you weigh does not define you at all. And like, you will never be happy by like reaching, you know, a certain weight or by Mm -hmm. like skipping a meal or things like that.
0: I will say too, I mean, I'm living proof that it doesn't work because even in I've had so many just cycles toxic cycles where I would drop a couple pounds and I would look at myself in the mirror and I was just I was doing the hating myself into the body that I thought I would love and I just still wasn't happy and Mm -hmm. it was just like it was just such a bad downward slope and now it's just like I don't know if you've ever heard of like your happy weight but Mm -hmm. it's so true it's like the weight where you're actually giving your body and your mind what it needs to feel its best, that weight is your happy weight. And you're going to actually feel satisfied and fulfilled because it doesn't, it's not about this hyper obsession over weight anymore. It's, it's genuinely just treating your body like a best friend and giving it what it needs to feel its best inside and out. So, and I also think with food too, a big thing that helped me is realizing I deserve to eat food. I deserve this meal. And My body, it's like fuel, like gasoline in a car. We need food to continue to perform at our best every day and think clearly and have energy to be a good friend, to be a good partner, to be a good daughter. There's so many benefits to food, obviously.
1: Yeah, no, looking at it as like, not like a weapon. Like I feel like so many times people look at it as like a bad thing or like, oh, I have to eat, you know, to sustain, like if you have a negative relationship with food, whereas one, it's fuel, like you said, But also, like, it can be such a treat, too. Like, I don't know. For me, like, I plan my day around, like, my meals. I'm like, that's, like, the best. I'm like, I I love eating food. I'm like, (laughs) yes, it's time for breakfast. (laughs) No, seriously. So, yeah. But I loved this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, this was so fun. Where can they find your workouts? Where can they work out with you? Download your app. Listen to your podcast. There's so much. We need a part two because there's, like, so much we didn't cover that I like want to touch on. I was like bouncing from like topic to topic because I'm like there's so much. But I feel like so my brain works, so I'm like this topic. Over yeah, all the way over here.
0: Yeah, you can find me. So my online Pilates studio, and app, is called Sweaty Studio, and that's available on iOS and Google. Also, I have YouTube, a YouTube channel where I post a lot of beginner Pilates workouts. It's called Callie Jardine, and then my Instagram and TikTok are I'm Sweaty and I Know It, and Lastly, there's like a million things. My podcast is called Healthy But Human, and it's available everywhere. And I have a lot of just relatable wellness chats similar to this on it. So I'll have to oh, have awesome. you on my podcast. I know. Too. I would love to come I, on. Like, I really I'll go to Stuart. Yes, I yes. would love to
1: see like smaller Florida towns because I only know South Florida. Oh my gosh, like it's
0: amazing. It's yeah. a hidden gem. Like I didn't know it existed when I lived here.
1: Yeah, I only know like West Palm Beach down. Yeah, and like. South Florida is not Florida. It's like <laughs> it's a, like Miami is its own thing. It's, its own thing.
0: Oh seriously, yeah. Oh, driving here, I was like, am I gonna die? <laughs> you, like,
1: no, it's scary. Like, there's a risk. Like, there's, <laughs> it's really terrifying. But thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.